Welcome to The Wonder Podcast. My name is Lisa Clark, and on behalf of my co-host, Chrissy Dunham, and myself, let me just say thank you for joining us today. The Wonder Podcast is for you, whether you're a man, a woman, young, older, married, single. Our mission is to encourage you and get you focused back on the wonders of our great God. Psalm 136 says, to him who alone does great wonders. And to Him alone do we dedicate this episode and every episode. So whether you're in the car or on your way to work, at home watching a little one, washing dishes, or binge listening on a road trip, which we've heard many of you do, we say thank you. And we pray you enjoy this episode of The Wonder Podcast. Welcome to The Wonder Podcast. Lisa we are in the depths of Christmas. How are you feeling about it all? <laughs> I am feeling like it squeaks away, Chrissy. That's what I'm feeling like. It's exciting, isn't it? It is very exciting. I need to get all my gifts out and see what I have. I just purchased and then I really don't keep track, which is not real smart. But we have birthdays and stuff after Christmas, so I always know I can save. But I need to get everything out and figure out where I am. Every time I see that someone's wrapped all their gifts, which I'm sure you have, Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, good night, people. Like, pressure, pressure. So that's that's how I'm feeling right now. I need to get everything out and figure out where I am and then work on my Christmas Eve menu. Well, you know, that's not how I roll because I like to wrap everything pretty much when I get it. So I let a few boxes accumulate and then I start wrapping and I did a bunch of wrapping last night, but I have something for you under the tree, but I wanted to give you the heads up before you go buy me a new Land Rover. Yeah. Um, I got you a very small gift this year. Just some two little things that I know you like. And uh-huh. so don't spend a whole lot of money. Don't break the bank on me this year, okay, Chrissy? Shoot. Maybe I should take back that jewelry I bought. I don't know. Yeah, take um, it back. But it is that favorite time of the year. And Lisa, today our listeners are in for such a treat because when I think Christmas, I think Noel. Noel and Frosty Cox otherwise known as the Trudy Cox is our guest today and I am thrilled to have her on. Welcome Trudy. Well thank you so much. Merry Christmas to you and Lisa. Thank you. you, When, When Lisa and I talked about guests to have on around the Christmas time frame we talked about you and here's why. You do Christmas so well. You do every holiday well, but I have been spoiled by you. I have been in your home that Christmas as you've hosted different things for the women's ministry at our church. I've eaten your cupcakes. Uh, We had you featured at a program that we did one year, and you are the hostess with the mostest. You are an amazing Southern cook and you're fun. You are the package. And at one point, you and I were pineapple queens together. Do you remember that? Oh, absolutely. I remember that. We were going to get a manager and go on the road 
<laughs> what happened? <laughs> life. Life got in the way. <laughs> okay, well, tell me what a pineapple queen is. I'm on the, I'm on the outs here. Let's see. Chrissy and I had been invited to speak, I think, at the Mentor Mom Pro Club group on Wednesday. Is that right? And yes. we had talked about getting T-shirts made up. We were just getting together what we were going to say that day. And I don't know, I think it was you, Chrissy, that came up with the name Pineapple Princess because we were using the pineapple as the symbol for hospitality. And so we thought that would be such a fun thing to, you know, introduce to the young moms to, to let them know really what hospitality is. So that's how we just kind of started kidding around with being the prin pineapple princesses. Yes, it, it was a hoot. Well, Trudy, let's just start at the beginning. Tell us okay. where this desire for being this hostess. You're also a beautiful writer and she does have one book out right now and another one's coming that we'll talk about at the end. But she has a book called Princess on the Porch and it's a collection of writings, kind of like devotions or stories from life. And then you have these wonderful recipes. So tell us where all of this came from. How did you grow up this way? What's the history? You know, I've never really thought about it like that. There's really not a lot of history in that, that my mom did not like to cook. She always had people at our house just because that's Southern Baptist people. They just do that. And so there was always people in our home. And so she did cook, even though she really didn't like it. And when I was about in seventh or eighth grade, I started doing most of the cooking because she, that really made her happy. And as I grew through the years, you know, I had three little kids. I was pregnant five years in a row. And our car just automatically went from Taco Bell to Whataburger to Sonic, you know, and baseball games. And so I didn't do a lot of cooking back then because we were running around taking kids to practice and buying Taco Bell. But as I grew and, and got old, I should say, Randy and I were married in 1995 when I moved to, to Dallas then, and we started going to First Baptist Dallas. And uh, I got really involved in the women's ministry. And you know how that happens. You just take a dessert sometime to somebody and your name gets around that they liked what you made. And so then people start, you know, talking about what you make. And then First Baptist used to have a craft fair every Christmas where they would sell goodies. And so I, that was my first kind of introduction to women's ministry was uh, being in charge of the baked goods at, at First Baptist Dallas and had such a fun time. And that's uh, kind of how I started really cooking for a lot of people back then. And so then as we moved further north, we joined Prestonwood in, in the year 2000. And uh, Debbie Stewart got me very involved in women's ministry. And there was a retreat, Chrissy and Lisa, I'm sure y'all remember it, where there was about 800 people registered and they wanted a, a dessert for everybody. But we, of course, was on a budget. And so when Debbie called and she said, uh, Trudy, we need a dessert for 800 people. And I said, well, what about a cupcake? So we got a team of ladies together and got these cupcakes queens together and they all each made 100 cupcakes. Well, about that same time, we started having ministers' wives' luncheons. And because we lived across the street from the church, most of them were at our home. So after one of these luncheons, some of the ministers' wives would call me or, or email me saying they wanted a recipe for whatever we had had that day. So that's when my son started introducing me. He said, Mom, you need to put these on a blog so you don't have to constantly just, you know, give the recipe over the phone. So that started the blog with the recipes. And then the stories, I don't know, 
the Lord just kind of did that. I didn't do that. Just one day I wrote a story on it and I'd never written anything before. So then after a couple of years of that, some people started saying, Trudy, you need to put these in a book. So I'm not really, I'm not spiritually mature like you and Lisa, Chrissy. Um, it took the Lord quite, quite a few years for me to get that done. And so that was really when I got uh, Princess on the Porch done. Through After that in 2015, I just felt the Lord kind of telling me to go a different direction. And instead of having it all just little devotions or funny stories, our family, I started looking at the women. And as, of course, as we get older and mature, you know, women or all families have circumstances that we would not choose. But you look at these women around you that see their faithfulness and their love of God, that no matter what, they just kept on going and they kept loving the Lord. And so he really impressed upon my heart to tell these stories, let these women tell their heart and their story. So I got 12 ladies that said, yes, we would love to tell what the Lord has done for us through all of these different circumstances, divorce, a death of a spouse, uh, cancer, whatever it might be, a prodigal son. And so these ladies all shared their hearts and their stories. And so this next book will be filled with their stories plus recipes plus some funny stories that's awesome that's awesome and we'll close our time out describing that your blog the name of it is chocolatecastles.com and i know i go to it a lot and it's organized by category like a recipe book and i go to it every holiday all the time to pick out certain things. As you think about your blog and the website, what what is your number one, number two recipe? What is the thing that you go to when someone needs a meal or, you know, I've got to put something together. Here's what I do. Well, chicken spaghetti is probably the number one casserole on there that people look at. And I started making that years and years ago for bake sales. And Chrissy, you've been in our house when we had those mistletoe markets, and I would make about 50 or chicken spaghettis and 50 green chili chicken enchiladas, and ladies would come and buy those. That's still probably the number one thing that I make when I take to, to people is the chicken spaghetti. And that's always on the search engine. People are always looking at that one. So to me, that's the number one. That's odd. The number one dessert that, that's almost daily on there is Houston's key lime pie. <laughs> oh, wow. It's not, it's, not, it's not my recipe, but it was, you know, one of those, what do they call them? Uh, tastes like a restaurant. But Houston's key lime pie recipe is on there almost every day that somebody has looked it up. How funny. Trudy, I know. <clears throat> um, so I need one of those mistletoe markets to pop up this week because I need a few of those chicken spaghettis here at my house. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Listen, I love what you said. And I think it's just so valuable what you said about your involvement in the church and how you plugged in and therein grew a ministry. And I think that's so important for women to see and to hear today because so many people are looking for purpose and a reason to get up in the morning. And we hear all of these things. Chrissy's been in women's ministry for many years and she's heard women talk about that, but it, it happens out of our service. And I think that that's what you have discovered along the way that now you've got this blooming ministry where you're not even active with your blog as far as you're not seeing who's on there looking at things, but you're ministering to women 
as a result of that. And that all happened out of your willingness to go and serve at the church. And I think that's so important. And I've watched you because you've lived in a bunch of different places and you've moved around a lot. Are you so proactive every time you go to make sure that you get plugged in and drop your anchor? Yes, a definite yes. When we moved to California, which is, I don't have time for the story today, but the Lord really was so good to us to put us in a, a Sunday school class there that plugged me in with women that had been in that church for over 50 years. And immediately, one of the ladies in our Sunday school class took me to the leader of the women's ministry there and told her to put me to work. And she did. And that's just, women's ministry has always been my heart. Ever since I be. I came up here and married Randy in 95. Before then, I had growing up with young children. It is harder. Let's, let's be honest here. It's hard to be very involved. You can always do something, but you, you have those years after the kids are older and, and are gone that you have a lot of time. And that's just been kind of my happy place. I love it. It gives me joy. And I just want to one day when I get to heaven, hear the Lord say, you did it. You, you fulfilled your purpose. And I try to every day get up and say, what is my purpose today, Lord? Why did you leave me here and wake me up today? And some days I don't feel like I do fulfill that purpose, but women's ministry has always been in my heart since we got involved in church in, in 95. It's just a part of why I want to get up every day to think about what we can do to help, especially these younger moms that are in such, I can't even imagine right now being a young mom with young kids. I just, <laughs> that's really hard for me to imagine. They go, they're going through a whole lot right now. And so when we were in the beginnings of this pandemic back in, what was it, March, I think, when they closed down the church, there was a group in our Sunday school class that we got together and we took meals to moms that had school-aged children trying to teach home a teach them at home and so we would take meals once a week at least to these young moms and that just that was joyful that just the the look on their faces and all we did was really put it on their front porch and and we'd text them and say your your dinner's outside and the looks on their faces when they'd open the door was just oh my goodness it was just such a blessing to be able to do that I think women's ministry is such an important part of the church. And I have to tell y'all, my husband has been my support from day one. He will do anything he can to help me do what I feel called to do. And that has been such a, a great blessing to me. And I have watched that. And you guys are the cutest couple together <laughs> as you transform from Penelope Pumpkin to Noel during the Christmas time. <laughs> and she also does her recipes on Facebook. So if you follow her, you'll get these little notifications. And Randy is always her videographer and he always has some kind of comment about what she's doing or something. And they laugh and they giggle and they have the best time. How old are you, Trudy? Uh, I'm 70 and Randy is 72. So here's, this is one of the reasons I wanted to have you on. At age 70, which Lisa is fast approaching the 60s. So we're just a little behind, but to know that age 70, you are still hitting it as hard as you always have. And you may not be able to have people in your home, but you are bringing them into your home and you all are in a cute town home right now. And you're, it doesn't matter what the space is. It doesn't matter what it is. You all lived in Italy for a month 
and you brought people to Italy with you and wrote about it. And here's the foods we ate. And you even went to the market and you created meals. And I just love your sense of adventure. I love your sense of serving others and always, always with a joyful heart. I've never seen you down. I've never seen you sad. It's truly the joy of the Lord and Randy beside you. It's just the most fun thing to watch. So I love that about you. Now let's talk about Christmas this year. What okay. is going to be on the table at Trudy Cox's house? Well, Trudy Cox is going to be in Phoenix, <laughs> oh. Arizona. So I, actually, I cannot tell you what's going to be on the table because when I talk to my daughter, they haven't decided yet what they want. So I told her, I said, well, you've got to kind of decide a few days before Christmas so we can go to the store and get what we want. Normally at our house at Christmas, I have to tell y'all, we don't have a traditional Christmas dinner. Every year is kind of different because between Randy and I, we have five children. And so they're hardly ever, ever together at one year. And so every time we have kids here, they all want something different. Like sometimes some of the kids want only Italian. Some of the kids only want Mexican food. Some of the kids want to go out and have Chinese or, you know, some of them want traditional turkey and dressing or ham. And so every year is kind of different for us for Christmas. Christmas Eve is pretty much is, is tamales and chili con queso or roses. We have some kids that absolutely adore roses. So for here, we always have roses for Christmas Eve. All right. Well, because I know Chrissy, you do like hors d'oeuvres and things like that on Christmas Eve, right? Correct. We do heavy hors d'oeuvres. And we've done a little bit of everything. We don't really have a tradition on what we do. And I was kind of thinking even this earlier today, because I saw a certified celebrator in her little magazine, monthly magazine, she has a, a tenderloin recipe, which I thought looked really good. I'm thinking about doing that um, this year. I think I've done it before. I'm just not a real confident tenderloin maker. Trudy, do you have any tips on tenderloin? Can I tell y'all a funny story about that? Please. A tenderloin. Well, a couple of years ago, we were in Phoenix for, for Christmas, and we uh, had decided to have tenderloin. I had never made one, but Cora Wilkinson had given me her recipe, and she said, Trudy, it's a no-fail recipe. You just put it in the oven, turn it on at, I don't know what, 500, and then you shut the door and leave it in there. And I'm going, okay, I could do that. We all go to Christmas Eve service, and on the way... Eric, my son-in-law had said, now Trudy, do we need to stop at the store and get anything for it? And I said, oh, I don't, I don't think so, Eric. I said, let me look at the recipe again, just to be sure. Now we're headed to Christmas Eve service, which was about, I think, 4 or 4.30 in the afternoon. And I looked at the recipe and I went, oh my goodness gracious. I said, y'all, we were supposed to take this tenderloin out about two or three hours ago to let it get to room temperature. <laughs> And they went, well, I guess we'll be eating about 10 o'clock tonight. And we didn't miss it much. I think it was about 9.45 when we sat down to eat Christmas Eve dinner that night. <laughs> well, I need that recipe if it's foolproof then. <laughs> Follow then the instructions. Exactly. I double read the instructions. And then there was a one year we had turkey and dressing and I discovered when the dressing was in the oven that my little pinky ring was missing. And we found it in the dressing. Uh -uh. <laughs> so, so some of our fun things that you talk about, Chrissy, aren't really planned. They just happen. <laughs> if Lisa and I were coming over this afternoon, what would you have prepared for us during this season? Oh, well, today, actually, I have a 
apple cake here. It's a fresh apple orange cake. I made five of them yesterday and I made about four dozen cookies. I have chocolate sugar cookies made and I have chocolate chip cookies made. We have a Sunday school party Saturday at church. And so I'm making red velvet cupcakes tomorrow for that. But I went ahead and made all the cookies and put them in the freezer. So you would have cookies and apple cake while you're here. Well, that sounds absolutely delicious to me. Now, you made the five cakes. What are those for? Just to give to people. Oh, my gosh. Trudy. She's one of those people. She's one of those that just has things always sitting around, you know, in your dome, your little dome covered. Yes. Your pedestal thing that you never use, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. things that you have eaten in there because Mm -hmm. nothing else is in there. But she's one of those that has these delicacies always available and she's ready to go, ready to host. Hospitality is her middle name, evidently. So that's pretty impressive. Absolutely. What about things that are like half homemade? Do you have any of those kind of things that you do? Are you pretty much all homemade? No, no, no. Like even the red velvet cupcakes, what I've done is I discovered that when you do the, you know, the the pound cakes that you can get, there's a a cookbook that's the the cake doctor, I think. and, And she has all of the cake mixes made into different things, you know, and she had in there a a recipe for red velvet cupcakes, which you add the instant pudding to eggs and oil and water. Well, I have been making those for years because every time I make them, people will say, oh my gosh, those were the best red velvet cupcakes. And they really are. They're so moist that I have also found that when you bake things like cookies or cupcakes, if you will put them in the, well, the cookies I put in the freezer always, no matter if we're eating them that night. I usually put them in the freezer for a couple of hours because it makes them so moist. And the cupcakes, if you put those in the freezer or the refrigerator, they taste so much more moist than if you just left them out and frosted them and served them. Wow. That's a good tip. The other thing I learned from you, and you mentioned it for just a second, was you told me to, it might be in your book or on your blog, but you also told me you always add pudding mix. You buy a box mix, but you add pudding mix. And I feel like there was one more thing to the instructions. That's why everybody thinks it's so good and that it tastes so homemade. Put milk instead of water in the cake mix. Okay. So that's another one. Mm -hmm. Milk instead of water. And then Mm -hmm. what, what pudding do we add? Instant, I use instant French vanilla pudding to like bread velvet, the chocolate cake mixes. If I'm doing the French vanilla cake mix, I always add just white instant, or excuse me, vanilla instant pudding. So something else or just as an addition? Yeah, you just do the cake mix and instant pudding, the small size of instant pudding, and then follow the recipe. You could honestly, what I do is I I forget from time to time, you know, what I'm doing. So I'll just Google and say, Duncan Hines chocolate pound cake. And it pops right up and it tells you how many eggs. It's always four eggs they call for, but it always will tell you the oil and the water. And I do substitute milk for the water. So that's why your things are so delicious and fluffy and moist and... Mm -hmm. That and the hint of putting them in the freezer or the refrigerator. I've never done that nor ever heard about that. It that, really does change it. Mm-hmm. That is a great, great tip. Tell us what else we need to know for this holiday season for a young mom or someone that wants to do something very special 
It looks real nice, but not a lot of effort and tastes amazing. What would you suggest? Y'all are going to probably laugh at this, but I have to tell y'all, my goodness, I grew up by a lady that was full-blood Italian from New York City, and she gave me her spaghetti and meatballs recipe back in 72 or 73, and I've made it all these years. Well, about I don't know, maybe two or three years ago, I was at the store and I saw the Kraft Tangy Italian Spaghetti Mix in a box. They're a dollar twenty-seven, I believe they are. And I grabbed it because I hadn't had it in years. Well, I brought it home and a couple nights later, I just scrambled up some Italian sausage and I got the packet of seasoning out of the box, added a can of, of tomato paste, and I just poured, poured that over the sausage with onion and garlic and Randy, I served it. And he went, Oh my goodness, this is good. And I said, it really is. Do you know, we have that at least once a week. Huh. Literally we have it once a week. We love it. It's just, and it's, I think it's really, it's a dollar 27. It's usually on the top shelf at Walmart and it has the spaghetti in the box. It has the packet of seasoning, a little packet of Parmesan. I just add meat and tomato paste. I follow the directions on it, and it's so good. We love it. Well, I'll say. So I'll that's a really good thing for a young mom. Great yeah. idea. Might be a good thing for Pretty and Duke. Would be. I mean, it, yeah, it's delicious. We thoroughly, and sometimes if I want to get fancy, I add uh, sauteed bell pepper and onion to it. Ooh la la. That's on our fancy night, yeah. But the, no, we do that a, a whole lot. And I've, I haven't got into the air fryer yet. The two or three things I've tried have not turned out real well. So I kind of put it on the bottom shelf in the pantry and said, I'll try that after the first year and learn some things. But I haven't done real well with the air fryer. <laughs> what about those? pots that everybody's buying the instapots i don't okay. have one mm -mm. I don't, it's, it's not that i don't want one this sounds crazy i love the smell of cooking or, or you know yeah. what the food is cooking i do all of my spaghetti sauces except that one craft one when i make spaghetti and meatballs when i make any kind of soup i bake it mm -hmm. it changes the texture and i love the smell and i just it just makes the house smell good. So I'm not into the fast, but I don't have to be right now because our life is different from young moms that are in a hurry all the time. So if I had still had little kids, I'd, I'd have Instapot. I promise yeah. you I would. <laughs> I have one that has sat in my garage for two years. I haven't even gotten it out of the box. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it's ever going to make an appearance or not. Trudy, if someone is looking for some spiritual advice, and they ask you, what is the secret to a successful marriage? What is the secret to your joy? What is the secret to your energy and having the desire to serve others? Tell us what you would say, what scripture would you direct them to? How would you answer that question? I have to say that it started when Randy and I married. I was certainly not a real spiritual goody two-shoes. I really was not. We married. Both of us had been divorced, and we were going to, to First Baptist Dallas. O.S. Hawkins was the preacher, actually, and one Sunday, he preached on marriage, and Randy looked down at me during the invitation, and he looked, took my hand, and he said, look, the odds are really against us. He said, if we're going to make this, we need to dedicate ourselves to the Lord and have something more than just love. And he grabbed my hand and we went forward and we knelt at the altar and we dedicated ourselves to the Lord. And I have to tell y'all, 
I told him, I said, if I had not loved you before, that would have made me love you for you doing that. It just meant the world to me. And we decided that at the beginning, we would have devotions together. We would pray together. And I'd never, ever had that. I'd never done that. And it was awkward at first because I was used to even praying out loud. Uh, and so it was, I think it was awkward for both of us, but 25 years down the road, it's a natural thing now. And when something happens during the day, I can say, honey, I need you to sit down and pray with me right now. Or he'll, he, he'll do the same thing. Let's sit down and pray about this. Like tonight, we're going to look at a house at six o'clock and we prayed about, is this what you want for us, Lord? Is this where you want us? We need to know. And a friend of mine the, the other day in a devotion said, you know, when you're seeking the Lord's guidance, he promises it, us in his word that he will show us what to do. So we need to say, Lord, what is the next step you want us to take? And if, if there's not a step you want us to take and you're wanting us to wait right now, then reveal that to us. And so I'm trying to incorporate doing that because I'm pretty impulsive about my decisions. If I see something, I go, oh, that's it. I love that. And I'm real, that's been really hard for me is to sit and wait on the Lord. And I think all of us, you know, probably struggle with that a little bit especially if you're, you know, the type A personality that, you know, is very impulsive and wants to do things right now. Randy and I have just, especially during this pandemic, it's really given us an opportunity to, and he's working from home now also, but it's given us an opportunity at night. There's not a whole lot on TV worth watching. And so we'll, we'll watch either Brooklyn Tabernacle. After, and of course, we always watch ours if we don't, if we're not there, but we've been very blessed to be able to go back to church and we've thoroughly enjoyed that. Love the Wednesday night service, but we do listen to uh, just different preachers that we feel like have, has shown us how to grow our faith and to, to really always have devotion together. And that's just something that has been such a joy to me to be able to have a husband to do that with. I love it. It's just, it's been a, a sweet time for both of us. And it's hard to stay mad at somebody when you're sitting across from them and they're praying for you. <laughs> so. That is true. That is very true. Well, thank you for sharing that part of your story with us, because I think that's going to resonate with a lot of people, Trudy. And I think it's um, a wonderful thing. We have something in common. I grew up at First Baptist in Dallas. So that's kind of cool. That's where, that was my home church where I grew up. And so I love hearing your stories about how that affected you and um, helped to mold you into who you are today. Well, we've got just a few minutes left. I want to go ahead and let you share what's the name of the upcoming book. Remind us of that. When will it come out? How will people be able to get their hands on it? Oh, thank you. Okay. The name of the book is called Tis So Sweet. And then of course, the tagline will be to trust in Jesus because all of the stories that are in it are about keeping on trusting in the Lord through difficult circumstances. So it will be called Tis So Sweet and it's called Declarations and Desserts. It's all desserts, which is my favorite. Of course, I could do away with everything except desserts. So uh, that does explain my, my cholesterol. But um, anyway, it will be out probably a, before Valentine's. Amazon is a backed up a little bit because of everybody apparently starting to use Amazon instead of a lot of the publishing because they do it so quickly. But uh, they are backed up a little bit. So once they uh, get the upload, which I think the lady is uploading it this week, she had promised me she would. So when it's uploaded, they will send us a, a proof copy. And then as soon as we look through that proof copy, then they will release it in one to two weeks. So we're looking around the 1st of February. How fun. Well, congratulations. So all they'll have to do is, they have to do is, is order it on Amazon. 
Wonderful, wonderful. Well, how exciting. I I will be ordering that. Cannot wait for that to come out in February. And Trudy, you are a true hero of ours. I love what you do. I love who you are. I love everything about you and just so excited at what, how the Lord is using you and continues to use you in your golden years. And uh, you are a true inspiration. So Merry Christmas and thanks for doing all that you do. Well, thank y'all so much for all you do. I love your, your Wondercast. They have been so, so great to listen to. We thank you for what y'all do. And thanks for calling me. It was fun to talk to y'all. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.